have questions about this. I'm sure many of you have questions. Play digital media file number one. This is Efrat Fenigson, who is a citizen journalist in Israel. She goes, look, I was in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, for 25 years. And, well, uh, uh, it's fine. Maggie's telling me it's quite a lengthy soundbite. Um, it's not a short one, but there's a lot of detail in it. <clears throat> and she's asking questions here um, and going like, look, there's no way that this was, quote, surprise, close quote. Uh, and here's why. Twenty twenty three. This is Afat Fenningson, and I'm here to share an update from Israel Hamas war, which started this morning. I'm going to share some key details and concerns, mostly based on Israeli citizens' voices from the ground and based on official statements. This is a very tough day for me and for us in Israel, and it is tough for people of Palestine too, especially now that Israel is starting to attack back. This war and every war is a horrible thing for everyone involved, except for those who get rich from it, right? This morning, around 6 a.m., around sunrise, hundreds of Hamas terrorists, at least 300, breached the border fence in multiple places, completely unimpeded, leading to terror attacks and kidnappings in Israeli towns or villages. The terrorists infiltrated a significant number of dry land outposts as well as a naval, naval infiltration point in Zikim. As we speak, Israel is actively engaged in combat in 22 outposts. This is from the IDF statement, the official statement. The attacks have already resulted in over 100 casualties and more than 100 kidnaps of Israeli citizens. In one village, 50 Israelis have been taken hostage, leaving people locked in shelters for long periods of eight to nine hours without rescue. By the way, the 100 kidnappings is not the official number. It's what we hear from people on the ground. I think official numbers talk about 30 or 40 people, but we know there are more. Um, in some places, the terrorists were burning the village and people didn't know if to leave the shelter and surrender or stay and pray for the fire to not reach them. Many young people who were in a big outdoor party near the Gaza Envelope villages were attacked there. Some ran away, some were injured, and some are still missing. Apparently, Israeli defense forces that were supposed to be around Gaza were placed around the West Bank because of security concerns so that the, the Gaza envelope was left unoccupied with military. They say around 60 to 80 percent of that area was left without the IDF forces that were supposed to be there. Soldiers are being recruited for reserves as we speak from uh, this morning, but because of stupid reasons such as no public transport, they're waiting hours to get to the bases. Mainstream media, this is an interesting point, apparently uh, admits that IDF spokesperson is forbidding them to tell the complete truth about what's happening, highlighting a lack of transparency. And this is to the Israeli citizens. I'm not even talking about overseas. I'm talking about to the people of Israel here. For hours and hours, the reports that came from the mainstream media were completely lacking and people started to rely mostly on the news from each other, from people on the ground. 
only now, 6 p.m. Israel time, or it's actually 7 already, uh, 12 hours after the event started, we received the first formal statement from the IDF spokesperson, and I will include an article with that statement in the notes. A year ago, there was a military operation in Gaza to prepare for such events, and ongoingly there are trainings for these kind of scenarios. This raises serious questions for me, anyway, about Israeli intelligence, right, what happened. <laughs> Two years ago, there, were, um, there was a successful deployment of underground mm -hmm. barriers with sensors mm -hmm. to alert mm -hmm. exactly on these kind of terrorist breaches. Israel has one of the most advanced and high-tech armies. How come there was zero response to the border and fence breaching? I cannot understand that. Personally, I served in the IDF 25 years ago in the intelligence forces. There's no way, in my view, that Israel did not know of what's coming. A cat moving alongside the fence is triggering all forces. So this? What happened to the strongest army in the world? How come border crossings were wide open? Something is very wrong here. Something is very strange. This chain of events is very unusual and not typical for the Israeli defense system. With the recent normalization efforts of Israel and Palestine led by Saudi okay, Arabia... All right, all right, all right. Good, good stuff there. A, a cat triggers a reaction. But a super hot-tech hang ladder... Nothing. A G.I. Joe speedboat. Nothing. Ground forces. Now, but now, by the way, again, it is with great trepidation that any member of the broadcast media discusses anything having to do with Israel. I have to... Me <laughs> the world in which we live in, I have to measure my words very carefully because as, as, as I said earlier, and I'm just going to repeat it, um, it's easy to get branded, even if you really have done nothing wrong, no malice in your heart, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's easy to get branded as an anti-Semite. Once you brand, once you're branded anti-Semitic, then it is like a baptism. It is an indelible stain upon your character, just like baptism is an indelible, beautiful mark upon your soul, uh, and you can't get rid of it. So you have to watch very carefully what you say about uh, these uh, the, 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 these sorts of things. Uh, when Israel is involved, because and people just uh, it, it's like it, it's like in the it's like the libtards that love to throw racist, bigot, sexist, homophobe, and especially the racist uh, brand around. Um, uh, there are similarly people that love to throw around the anti-Semite brand and love to brand their enemies as being anti-Semitic. Now. I never understood this, especially for Catholics um, and for Christians in general, because we follow and pledge our lives, give our love with all our heart, our minds, our bodies, and our souls. A Jewish man, 
And if you're Catholic, a Jewish woman. <laughs> and and, 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 and the, the patron saint of the Catholic Church is St. Joseph, for heaven's sake, who is from what? The house of David. So the, the, just the, the, the very idea here that you are anti-Semite. How can I be an anti-Semite? I'm a Catholic, for heaven's sake. So play Nikki Haley. Oh, you have to hear this. <laughs> this is why certain people should not be allowed within a thousand miles of the corridors of power and nuclear launch codes, especially a female in emotional, in a, in, a, in emotional and an emotion, irrationally guided female. So a, a digital media file number uh, number five. Let's step back because I want the American people to kind of take this in for a second. Just imagine that here the Israelis woke up and communities were bombarded. Families were murdered. Women and children were taken hostage, dragged through the streets. The elderly were taken. All of this has happened in front of everyone, on top of thousands of rockets that hit Israel. This should be personal for every woman and man in Stop America. The Why? Just a minute. Thousands of rockets got through the Iron Dome? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And if they did, then it's not much of an Iron Dome, is it? See, the, the, when, when, I, when I saw this yesterday, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop the tape. I want to yelling at Fox News. Stop the tape. What's the purpose of the Iron Dome if thousands of rockets got through? Now, I did see thousands of rockets get through being fired from Israel into what remains of Gaza. Just, just for clarification, I thought I'd throw that in there. Because when they did this, when they did this surprise attack, when they took these hostages, when they murdered these families, they were celebrating. And what were they celebrating? They were saying death to Israel, death to America. This is not just an attack on Israel. This is an attack on America because they hate us just as much. Oh, and what we have to golly, understand is this is the reason that we have to unite this. around making sure our enemies do not hurt our friends. America can never be oh, so arrogant to think we don't oh, need friends, just like we needed stop. them on 9-11. That's why stop. Ukraine needs us when Russia's doing this. That's why Israel needs us when Hamas and Iran are doing this. And I'll say this to, to Prime Minister Netanyahu, finish them. Finish them. Hamas did this. You know Iran's behind it. Finish them. They should have hell to pay for what they've just done. First of all, look at a, uh, look at a map of current modern-day Israel. Look at a map of 1945, Israel. There isn't an Israel. There's only Palestine. And you see the progression as it goes through the years as Palestine continues to shrink and the state of Israel continues to grow uh, or claim more property or more territory, whatever the case. And again, I, 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 I am in by no means, I confess on the front ends, that I am in by no means an an expert or even very knowledgeable of these Middle Eastern affairs. It's it's I have enough to keep up with here in Louisiana. <laughs> cannot 
keep up with the extraordinary amount of intrigue and political wranglings, if you will, that go on over in what they call the Middle East. So having said that, I do know that the uh, concentration of property, that is what's called the state of Israel today, uh, because I can't read a map, has grown. Also, in in a very similar fashion, um, we know the map as it's laid out in current modern-day Ukraine. And as we have been saying since before, I was talking about Ukraine back in 2014 when Obama and John McCain wanted to say, wanted to, to go to Obama and to go into war with the Russians over Crimea's choice. And they made a choice, Crimea's choice to rejoin the, the Russian Federation. And uh, then uh, uh, what was happening in that area that's called the Donbass region uh, today, back in 2014, uh, we, were, we, we, we were talking about how, well, this has always, it's always been a part of Russia. It never was a part of Ukraine. Stalin and Lenin made it a part of Ukraine. In any event, similar, there, there's a similar land battle, if you will, or a territory battle going on in uh, in Israel, between the Palestinians, who are Muslims primarily, and between the Israelis, who are Jews primarily. Now, by the way, Mike Parrott has been reporting on the Parrott Talk Show, and uh, I have reported a story or two where I've shown you the persecution of the remaining Christians, and certainly the Catholics, in Israel. Churches had been bombed and burned. That wasn't done by, by, by Hamas. It wasn't done by super high-tech hang gliders and G.I. Joe boat guys. That was done by Jews. Radical Jews in Israel. There's two things that wars are fought over. Land and treasure. If there is a war that was begun by the Palestinians or Hamas, what was it over? Do they want treasure or do they want land? Well, if you look at the land that they formerly held, I'd say they're trying to reclaim land. Again, I wish I knew more about it, and I don't. Maybe, I, maybe I'll, I'll book a guest on the show who can fill in. Maybe Michael Krupa has a, a, some more details. But I do know that back in 2009, do you have that somebody from uh, Ron Paul? Here is, here is Congressman Ron Paul on the floor of the House of Representatives explaining um, how this group called Hamas actually came about. Listen. Thank you, gentlelady, for yielding, and I ask unanimous consent to revise and extend my remarks. Without objection. Uh, Madam Speaker, um, I rise in opposition to this resolution. Uh, not because uh, I am taking sides and, and picking who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, but I'm looking at this more from the angle of being a uh, United States citizen, an American, and I think resolutions like this uh, really do us great harm. Uh, in many ways, what's happening in the Middle East, and in particular with Gaza right now, we have some moral responsibility for both sides, uh, in a way, because we provide help and funding uh, for both Arab nations and Israel. And uh, so we definitely have a moral responsibility 
and especially now today, the weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons, and uh, American funds essentially are being used uh, for this. But there's a political liability, which I think is something that we fail to look at because too often there's so much blowback our intervention in areas that we shouldn't be involved in. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. So then we as Americans say, well, we have such a good system, we're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During, during the 80s, uh, you know, we were allied with Osama bin Laden. And uh, we were contending with the Soviets. It was at that time our CAA thought it was good if we radicalized the Muslim world. So we financed the madrasa schools to radicalize the Muslims in order to compete with the, with the Soviets. There's too much blowback. There's a lot of reasons why we should oppose this resolution. It is not in the interest of the United States. It's not in the interest of Israel either. Uh, Congressman Ron Paul in 2009. And uh, you hear this and you, and you go, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he just say, yes, he did? No. People. Uh, my friends, people don't know the story of Osama bin Laden like they used to. I can remember. In the 1980s, when I was a little Chirins, well, I was a young adult Chirins, I can remember how we were propagandized and told and taught that the Afghanis were good people and the Soviet Russians were the epitome of intrinsic evil. And so the good people, the uh, the uh, people of, of Afghanistan, including one Osama bin Laden, that these guys were our allies. The Muja- I, I, I still remember the name, the Mujahideen. I can remember reading newspaper stories about our buddies, the, Muja- the Mujahideen. Now, why were the Mujahideen our buddies? Well, because the Russians were trying to take over uh, the northeastern part, uh, corner, uh, or I, I forget which part of it, was it the northern part of Afghanistan. They wanted it for strategic reasons. And the, uh, the Mujahideen were kind of like the militia that was rounded up by the Afghanistans to, or by the Afghanis to oppose the Russian invasion. Who armed, and how was it possible that the Soviet bear was beaten by a bunch of cave-dwelling goat herders who didn't even have telephones because the United States funded and armed the Afghanis. That's how. And so because that's how it happened, that's how 
Osama bin Laden and the Mujahideen. That's how they acquired weapons, what we call weapons of mass destruction. That's how they got AKs. That's how they got SKs. That's how they got most of their munitions was to fight the Russians. And who gave it to them? We did. So when, he, when, when he's talking about uh, how was Hamas created, he's right. We, we, we go around the world lecturing, you need to have democracy, our precious democracy. You need to have sacred democracy. Why? Because we have it. If we have it, it's good. Because we's Americans and we's right about everything. And now today, Hamas is second only to Putin. <laughs> I forget who's the most evil today. Maybe we should, maybe we should have a, a, a game show and spin the wheel. Yeah, today it's uh, it's Hamas. Now again, there's, there's, no one is making light of the loss uh, of the loss of life and those that were kidnapped and that were, uh, in her words, dragged out of people's homes. But if you dragged out of their homes by the super high tech hang glider uh, soldiers and the uh, GI Joe speedboat guys, if you think that that's over the top. How about this one? Here is Mike Pence for brains on the same subject. That's uh, number nine. Mike Pence for brains. Well, I am, but let me begin at where where we ought to start. I mean, that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened the enemies of freedom around the world and now war is raging uh, in eastern europe and and president joe biden's kowtowing for the last two and a half years to the mullahs in iran lifting sanctions begging them to get back in the iran nuclear deal and then uh, paying six billion dollars in a ransom uh, for hostages i i think set the conditions uh, for this unprecedented terrorist attack uh, by hamas against Israel. But I also believe this is what happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramswamy, and Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world. Oh, uh, here we go uh, again. The, what happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened this, this guy weekend is just, he is was an, an intellectual invasion stooge. by Hamas uh, into Israel. Uh, and I really believe now more than ever, uh, both uh, the debate within the Republican Party and the debate within America, is whether or not we're, we're going to once again stand without apology as the leader of the free world, as the arsenal of democracy. Oh, the heartbreaking the images arsenal. coming out of both of these theaters of operations remind us that uh, America is the indispensable leader uh, of the free world. And if I'm president of the United States, we'll lead from American strength. We'll lead through American arsenals, through American bombing. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Remember John McCain running around going, like, what do I, Scarlet, what do I think about Iran? I'll tell you what I think about Iran. Bomb, 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 Iran. Bomb, Iran. The arsenal of democracy. An arsenal. Aren't those two kind of like, don't they kind of counter each other? I thought this democracy thing was love and peace and hugs and sending heart emojis because we're all in this like together and stuff. But you say that we have to have an arsenal when we have, so you have to force it on people? 
the arsenal of democracy. Oh, and America must be the leader of the free world. Can't we be the leader of the free world and mind our own damn business?